Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Hope you guys had yourselves a great weekend. Uh, we raced at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the Truck Series, the Xfinity, and the Cup Series from Friday to Sunday. And yeah, there's not really too much to say about these races. There is some playoff indications, but let me tell you, a lot of people are not happy about this race. And all I got to say is, uh, thank God I did not go to it. I was supposed to go down to the racetrack on Saturday night and then take off from Vegas uh, Monday morning, but it was unfortunately going to be too close of a time crunch, so I wasn't able to make it. And man, just just watching that race, there's a lot to talk about, and it's not really positive. I mean, if you were a Joe Gibbs fan, a Thor Sports, or JR Motorsports, yeah, you were a little bit excited about this weekend, but that's about it. Really, the horsepower package and the racetrack itself, those two combined together, just didn't really put on a good race. So we're still going to talk about them. We're going to go through each and every single race this weekend, as well as talk about the playoff indications and what it's going to look like going into next week's race. So let's dive into it. Let's first start off with the one that started on Friday night. It is time to look at the Truck Series race, the Victoria's Voice Foundation 200. All right, so let's look at a few statistics before we get into the final results. We had a total of 37 trucks enter this race. That means none of them failed to qualify. 10 cautions for about 39 laps. 14 lead changes amongst 11 different drivers. In the end, though, it was one team that was able to finish 1, 2, 3, 4. It's the first time that that's ever happened here in the truck series. And it goes to Thor Motorsports with the part-timer, the number 98 of Christian Eckes getting his first career win here in the truck series in that number 98 truck. Finishing second, we have the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. Finishing third is the number 88 of Matt Crafton. And fourth is the number 13 of Johnny Sauter. Like I said, all of them on the same team. Finishing fifth, we have the number 38 of Todd Gillen. Finishing sixth is the number 52 of Stuart Friesen. Finishing seventh is the number nine of Grant Enfinger. Finishing eighth is the number 22 of Austin Wayne Self. Finishing ninth is the number 40 of Ryan Truex. And rounding out the top 10, we have the number 16 of Austin Hill. Some noticeable drivers finished outside the top 10 and we got a few of them starting off with Carson Hosovar in the number 42. He's still in the playoffs here in the truck series. Unfortunately got a flat tire near the end of the race and he finishes 22nd overall. And then we got Zane Smith also with tire issues in that number 21 truck. He finishes 29th multiple multiple laps down. The same goes to John Hunter Nemechek who was having some engine problems in the middle of the race. He finishes many laps down as well and he finishes 33rd and then these are the drivers who got caught up in an accident or lap 70 and before. In 34th, we have the number 26 of Tyler Ankrum. Chandler Smith in number 18 finished 35th. And then Sheldon Creed in the number 2 truck, he finishes 36 overall in this race. And then rounding out the field in 37th, we have our boy, the number 45 of Chris Hacker. Unfortunately, he got into an accident on only lap number 6. And that is your final result here for the 19th truck race of the 2021 season. So, I think the first thing we gotta talk about is Thor Sports finishing 1-2-3-4. That 
is a huge accomplishment. It's only happened a handful of times in the Cup Series, and this is the first time it's ever happened down here in the Truck Series. And I know Thor Sports has been running a fifth truck once in a while, but it wasn't running in this race. So, I mean, these four trucks finishing one, two, three, four, it kind of just worked in their favor because if you look at the laps led, they weren't the dominant trucks. If you combine Johnny Sauters, Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, and Kristen Eckes laps led all together, it's the equivalent to 11 laps out of 134. So that I found truly interesting, and hell, uh, Johnny Sauter did not even get any stage points throughout this race, and Matt Crafton only got stage points in the second stage, and he finished 8th with Christian Eckes finishing ninth. Ben Rhodes was the only one running around in the top 5 for the most of the part of the race, so really big turnaround for this team, and looks like as far as playoff drivers go, there was only 3 trucks that finished in the top 10 that were in the playoffs, and that was Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and Stuart Friesen. Everybody in the playoffs besides these three ran into problems. We talked about Carson Hosevar. Apparently, he had a loose wheel. It was either a loose wheel or a flat tire. I'm not too sure, but it was near the end of the race. He goes a couple laps down, and he finishes 22nd, so that was a bit of a bummer for him because he was having an all-right run. He finished third in the second stage, so it wasn't like he was struggling throughout the entire race. Zane Smith with his tire problem, that one was one that kind of really infuriated me, and here's the reason why. It wasn't the fact that he got a flat tire that made me mad. It was the fact that debris went flying all over the racetrack. And NASCAR once again delayed the caution. I don't know why we're delaying these cautions when you clearly see debris out on the racetrack. There are some cautions when they say it's for debris back then that we never saw. Now it's the complete opposite. You can see a ton of crap going on to the racetrack and they don't throw a caution. I'm like, why the hell are they doing that? That's way too dangerous. Those trucks were dodging and weaving that debris, and then they finally called it. So it was a middle finger to Zane Smith, and it was a middle finger to the top five in this race because they could have ran to that debris, and it could have ruined their race. So NASCAR, I do not agree with these calls at all. We got to be stricter when we see debris out on the racetrack. We saw it happen in the Indianapolis Road Course race, and we almost just repeated it here in this Truck Series race, which is unacceptable. We we need to stop doing that. And then the last thing to talk about here in this race is involving the crash on lap 70. That is without a doubt one of the scariest crashes I have seen here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. There's only one crash that I can think that was a little bit scarier than that, and that was involving the 24 Jeff Gordon back in 08. But that was a single car incident. This one involved multiple drivers, including Chandler Smith and Sheldon Creed who both together were running really well in this race. Chandler Smith, unfortunately, gets ran into by Tyler Ankrum after Tyler Ankrum gets loose, gets a little bit of damage there, going on the infield, and then Sheldon Creed comes out of nowhere at full speed and rams right into the back end of Chandler Smith. This is almost equivalent to the situation that happened at Charlotte involving Trey Hutchins, and I do believe it was the number 13 of Johnny Sauter. I could be wrong on that, but still. I have no idea why Sheldon Creed ran down on the infield that fast. I mean, that was kind of a big head scratcher, and that was absolutely scary. I mean, I, I don't know what else to really say. I'm just dumbfounded by Sheldon Creed just going that fast and running into that number 18 truck. He did go over there, and he showed his concern. It wasn't like he did on purpose. I'm just scratching my head just thinking, why go so fast during the caution and when you knew you were going to be clear? 
The announcers did say that there was probably a very good chance that the smoke may have affected his vision on the camera and didn't look like it, but maybe they had some oil fly up, which can definitely um, irritate the visibility of a driver. The camera can clean that off, but not the windshield itself. So that could have potentially happened. But man, just a scary accident. I'm just really glad that these guys are okay. I still don't understand why Sheldon Creed went down there so fast. I mean... I, I don't, like I said, I don't think he did it on purpose. I know there was a lot of people debating about that, like, oh, he ran into that number 18 truck because he's pissed off at Bristol. Well, well, no, that wouldn't really make too much sense because now he's put himself in a shitty spot. So I don't th really think that's the case. I think it was this lack of situational awareness by Sheldon Creed. Maybe the spotter should have said something to him to slow it down, but I, I, I don't really know on that one. That one was just a freak accident. But as far as retaliation goes, I don't think there was any retaliation involving this truck accident. So overall, this race wasn't too bad. I mean, there wasn't really that much excitement that was going on. Uh, the truck that impressed me the most was the number 38, Todd Gillen. He had a really good run. Unfortunately, the cautions just played right for Thor Sports, and he finished fifth overall in this race. But led 66 laps, finished second and first in the stages. So a really good run for them. It's just unfortunate that they're out of the playoffs after the incident. Incident that happened in Bristol where they finished 10th and just missed it by just a couple points. I don't even remember the exact points, but it was oh so close for those guys. And speaking of the point standings, let's look at the points here in the round of eight as they go to uh, Talladega Super Speedway here next weekend. We got Ben Rhodes sitting up in the first position at 3,070 points. Also note that nobody locked themselves in due to a victory since Kristen Eckes is not running for the championship. In the second spot, we have John Hunter Nemechek in the number four at 3,064. Stuart Friesen sits in the third spot at 3,045. And Matt Craft in the number 88 sits at fourth at 3,041 points. Sheldon Creed is now five points behind the number 88 and the cutoff line with Carson Hosevar at 3,025, meaning he's 16 points behind. Zane Smith in the number 21 truck sits 19 points behind. And rounding out the field, the playoff drivers, we have the number 18, Chandler Smith, sitting at 3,017 points. He sits behind the cutoff line by 24 points. So those are your points going into the Talladega race. That's going to be an interesting one here for the truck series. So make sure to tune into that one. That's going to be happening on Saturday, October 2nd, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern. Now let's move on to the race that happened on Saturday night. Let's move up to the Xfinity Series and go over the final results at the Osco Uniforms 302 at Las Vegas. Alrighty, so this race had 41 drivers enter in to make the race. Uh, one driver missed it, number 13, Timmy Hill. We already know it was going to be Timmy Hill. And we had six cautions for 32 laps and 13 lead changes among seven different drivers. The driver who was able to finish up top was another non-playoff driver. In fact, it's a rookie running part-time, the number one of Josh Barry for JR Motorsports is able to get the victory there near the end. He is your winner of this race and collects his second win of the 2021 season. Finishing second, we have a playoff driver, number seven of Justin Allgaier. In third, we have the number nine of Noah Gregson. In fourth place is the number 22 of Austin Sindrick. Fifth place, we have the number 18 of Daniel Hemrick. Sixth place, the number 19 of Brandon Jones. Seventh place, the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. In eighth place, we have the number 31 of Ty Dillon. Finishing ninth is the number 11 of Justin Haley. Around out of the top 10, we have the number 20 of Harrison. 
Jason Burton. Some other drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should mention. Finishing 11th was the number 54, Ty Gibbs. Finishing in the 15th spot was the number 2 of Myatt Snyder. All the way back in 33rd due to an accident was the number 98 of Riley Herbst. We also have Sam Mayer in the number 8. And then in the 36th position, we have the number 10 of Jeb Burton, who's also running in the playoffs. And the number 51 of Jeremy Clements, finishing 39th. All these drivers who finished in 33rd on back to 40th were all involved in the same accident on lap number 40. And then rounding out the field, also involved in that accident, was the number 07 of Joe Graff Jr. And that's your final results here for the 27th race of the 2021 season for the Xfinity Series. Now, the first thing I want to talk about here is, can Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kelly Earnhardt find good drivers or what? Josh Berry comes here to a part-time schedule, and what does he do? He wins at a short track and now an intermediate track against drivers running for the Drivers' Championship. I mean, that's absolutely insane. So I am very excited for Josh Berry to get this win here, and I'm really excited to see what he can do in that number 8 car next year because... I did not expect this from him at all, especially down here at Las Vegas. I could have swore it was going to be between someone like Austin Senrick or AJ Allmendinger there near the end or even Justin Allgaier or Noah Gregston. But Josh Berry coming around and getting the victory in this race, the driver who was running around the top 10, is well done by that team. And JR Motorsports as a whole, they finished 1, 2, and 3. Another sweep of the podium by a team. The only car that was not able to finish in the top 4 with them for JR Motorsports was Sam Mayer, but it was due to that big accident earlier in the race. Would he have finished 4th? Probably not. I mean, it's really cool to think that. But I really think he was going to be at best finishing 10th or 9th in that race. But it is what it is. Now, this race was not the same as the Truck Series. And what I mean by that is JR Motorsports was not lucky compared to Thor Motorsports there near the end. JR Motorsports just had some fast cars throughout the entire race. Justin Allgaier led the most laps in this race. He led a combined total of 90 laps, which is almost 50% of the race. Had a really good run there. It was just Josh Berry was the stronger car there at the end. Came down to pitch strategies who would come in, who would come out again cautions wasn't really that big of a factor in this race there wasn't that hardly that many accidents except for the one that happened on lap number 30 on the restart there they went five wide into turn one and just collected a lot of drivers there I was like holy cow you don't expect that from an intermediate track that many cars to get collected but you know you, you also don't expect cars to run five wide going into a turn at an intermediate track so a lot of cars got taken out there including Jeb Burton and Jeremy Clements really tough for Jeb Jeb Burton because Jeb Burton right now he's racing for a ride he needs to prove that he belongs in the Xfinity series because right now he doesn't know what um, his future holds here after the 2021 season it, it was already announced that Daniel Hamrick is going to the number 11 machine with college racing I don't know if college racing is going to be shortening up their team instead of having three cars they may go down to two since they're going to be focusing more on the cup series but I believe Daniel Hamrick going to the number 11 machine is a good move I mean it's not like he's a bad driver he's just had bad luck for getting a victory I mean look at this race he ran around the top five the entire race if he can keep his nose clean in these next few races I think he can make it into the final four he's proven that he is one of the fastest cars out there he just something happens to him every single time to cost him his first victory so we'll see what happens there but it is confirmed that he will be going to the number 11 next year which is bad for Jeb Burton because that's another ride gone and unfortunately due to this accident now he really needs to prove that he belongs in the series. Jeremy Clements was another one who got into that accident there uh, early 
early in the race. I mean, nowhere for him to go. His car was basically destroyed, so he finished 39th. And Riley Herbst as well, another playoff driver getting taken out in this race, and he actually made contact with the other South Point machine of the number 31 of Ty Dillon. Thank goodness Ty Dillon was able to keep the car straight because Brendan Gaughan would have been like, this is horseshit. I paid good money to sponsor these cars, and they both wreck each other? Damn, but that didn't happen, and Ty Dillon had a really good run in that number 31 machine. He honestly needed a really good run, especially after his stint that happened in the number 54 machine. He was running the number 23 car from time to time. Now he's here in the number 31 machine, leads quite a few laps, 17 laps, finishes second in the second stage. Good run for them. He absolutely needed that, so I'm glad to see Ty Dillon actually have a good run here. And then another car that got kind of involved in that accident in lap number 30, but kept the car straight and was able to finish 13th. How about Bailey Curry in the number 15 with Team JD Motorsports? A big help for them in the owner points because they're trying to stay above the top 30 in points because they can get an extra bonus by the end of the season. That really helped out, so good job by him. And mostly the playoff drivers mostly hung around the top 10. And the ones that didn't are the ones that are really behind the cutoff line. I mean, Myatt Snyder, we've known how much of a struggle he has had this year. Ever since that win at Homestead, it's putting a lot of pressure on him. And you can kind of see it in his runs. I mean, another finish outside the top 10 wasn't really there. Honestly, if I had to pick the four drivers to make it into the final four after seeing this run would be Justin Allgaier, Austin Sendrick, Daniel Hemrick, and AJ Allmendinger. With Noah Gregson sitting right there at a very close second second to make it the final four. Now, I do got one worry with A.J. Allmendinger, and it started to bleed here into this race. A.J. Allmendinger is one of those drivers that's so hard on himself that he's kind of his biggest enemy. We saw it in the Cup Series when he would drive the number 47 car. After he got that win at Watkins Glen, it seemed like every single road course, he was so damn hard on himself and so critical that it would be, he basically would self-sabotage. I'm really afraid after seeing this race where he was falling back a little bit um, that he is going to kind of implode here in these first couple of rounds, which I hope doesn't happen. I want to see A.J. Allmendinger make it into the Final Four, but let's see if he can keep his emotions in order because we kind of saw a little glimpse of that happening once again here in this Vegas race. We'll see how he does at Talladega and some of the other races coming up like the Charlotte Roval. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can stay calm, keep doing what he's been doing throughout the summer stretch because he's had a phenomenal run. There's no reason for him to be so so critical of himself because he's doing really good here in the, uh, when it matters the most. And he's still above the cutoff line by 59 points. So hopefully he stays calm on that because the last thing I want to see is A.J. Allmendinger kind of explode and just ruin his run here in the Xfinity Series. Now looking at the playoff standings after Las Vegas, this is what they will look like going into Talladega. Austin Sendrick leads them by points with 2,093 points, 66 points above the cutoff line. Remember... A non-playoff driver won once again, so that means nobody's locked in going into the next round. AJ Allmendinger in the number 16 sits 59 points ahead. Justin Allgaier sits ahead with 38. Noah Gregson with 37. The number 18 of Daniel Hemrick with 34. Justin Haley is ahead by 17 points. Harrison Burton in the number 20 is 13 points ahead. And then Brandon Jones in the number 19 sits 10 points above the cutoff line. The drivers who sit behind are Myatt Snyder. He's 10 points behind. Jeb Burton, 27 points behind. Riley Herbst in the number 98, 32 points behind, and Jeremy Clements in the number 51, 36 points behind. So there's already a big gap after this first race here, so it's going to be kind of damn interesting to see what happens at Talladega. One of those races that's so unpredictable, you just need to really stay out of trouble in this race. But right now, it looks like the points is pretty separated right now on who will make it into the round of eight. 
uh, maybe minus Harrison Burton, Brandon Jones, and Myatt Snyder. So that is your final results there. This race was a little bit better, and honestly, it was the best race of the weekend. Now let's move on to the big one, the one that a lot of people were kind of sour about. Let's get into it. Let's just hop into it. This is the final result for the South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Alrighty, so in this race, we had a total of 38 cars enter into this race, which means everyone was able to qualify in. Four cautions for 21 laps, 21 lead changes amongst 10 different drivers. In the end, though, it was the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Another dominant performance by that number 11 team. He gets the victory and locks himself into the round of eight there for Joe Gibbs Racing. He's your winner here of the South Point 400 at Las Vegas. Facing second, we have the number nine of Chase Elliott. In third place was number 18 of Kyle Busch. Fourth place is number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. In fifth place was the number 12 of Brian Blaney. In sixth, we have the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Finishing seventh is number two of Brad Keselowski. In eighth place, we have the number one of Kurt Busch. In ninth place, we have the number four, Kevin Harvick. Round up the top ten, we have the number five of Kyle Larson. Finishing 11th is the number 22 of Joey Logano. Finishing 12th was the number 21 of Matt Benedetto. Finishing 13th is the number three of Austin Dillon. In 14th, we have the number 14 of Chase Briscoe. In 15th is the number 99 of Daniel Suarez. We also have Bubba Wallace in the number 23. Finished 16th. 17th is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. In 18th, we have the number 24 of William Byron due to a flat tire incident near the end of the race. In 19th, we have the number 10 of Eric Amarola. And round out the top 20, we have the number 6 of Ryan Newman. And some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20, we have Michael McDowell in the number 34, finished 21st. Another playoff driver, Alex Bowman in the number 48, finishes 22nd. Christopher Bell in the number 20 with multiple um, problems in this race. He finishes 24th overall. And round out the field, we have the number 66 of J.J. Yaley, out by lap number 76 due to handling issues. And that is your final results here for the 30th race of the Cup Series season at Las Vegas. So, wow. Wow. This race was bad. I mean, this race was really bad. Especially for a playoff race. And there's a lot of things that could have caused this uh, race to be kind of a boring race. But we all know why the main issue was this case, and that was the 550 horsepower package. This did not perform at all. Not really too much passing going on. I mean, the only car that was doing a lot of passing was Martin Trex Jr. and William Byron. I mean, William Byron went up the field twice, and unfortunately, due to a flat tire, it sends it back to 18th. I was a little sour about that, but you know, it is what it is, but really... I don't know, it was a race between Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin, and then it turned out it wasn't a race against them because of pit strategies, and those people who decided to stay out never was able to recover. I, I don't know, I mean, it just wasn't fun. It, it, I mean, it was so stretched out, I, no action. I don't know what really else to say, except why do we have the 550 horse package? I mean, it doesn't keep the cars close. We clearly see that here in this Vegas race. Um, it's not due to safety because, oh my God, did we see what happened to the number 15 of Joey Gase? Lost a tire. Now, I don't know if you can blame NASCAR too much on that. That could fall on the team because it looked like they didn't get all the lug nuts put on the car or something broke with the axle itself. I don't know what happened. But that car hit the wall so hard that it went up into the air and almost into the catch bench. That was a very scary incident. 
And thank goodness that Joey Gase is all right. I, I kind of joked about it when I did not 100% know how serious it was um, that uh, Joey Gase lost a tire. Someone should donate to it since he was driving the NV Donate Life car. But, man, he got sent to the hospital. He was evaluated and he was finally released. But you don't really hear that too much. You don't hear about drivers going to the hospital unless it's a really freak accident. And this was one of those freak accidents. So the point I'm trying to get across here is... We can't say they do the 550 horsepower due to safety because that's clearly not the case. A car could run into the wall and it could be just as severe as 750 horsepower cars. So, I don't know. This is just uh this basically gives everyone so much firepower on how bad the 550 horsepower is. Now, I've heard rumors that they are going to step away from this horsepower package entirely when they go to the next gen car. And they better Especially after this race, uh, they really need to step away from it because these are some of the most important races for NASCAR right now. If the playoffs don't perform as far as entertainment and action here on the racetrack, then people are not going to tune into these playoffs. And that's going to completely backfire for what NASCAR has been going for ever since 2014. There's a reason why they made these playoffs. They were trying to bring as much excitement as possible. Well, I'm sorry when you have a race like Richmond and a race like Las Vegas who put on just kind of a snoozer of a race like these two, then nobody really wants to tune in. They're just like, all right, let's see here. Oh, Denny Hamlin won. He's locked in. And then we had our drivers finish around the top five. Yeah, that's what I expected. Good thing I didn't watch 400 miles. That That is something that we got to avoid. So that's a huge black eye for NASCAR. I've been looking at Twitter. It hasn't really been anything positive. Maybe if you're a Denny Hamlin fan, you're really positive about this race. But even then, I saw some of them complain. So you can't even win right there. Basically, what this race came down to was momentum around the turns and pit strategy. That was about it. Similar to Richmond. Just good momentum and pit strategies. I mean, Kyle Larson was dominating the first part of the race. And then once he got back there, he was never able to come back. And the only one who really was able to come back was Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney. But even then, they just could not keep up with these Joe Gibbs cars. And I really thought it was going to be between Rick Henrik and the Fords. I did put Denny Hamlin and Martin Trex Jr. as some top picks to go with. But I saw them more as top five guys score um, a solid 50 points. And that really wasn't the case. They were just running up front for the most part. Martin Trex Jr. kind of struggled there near the beginning. But he was able to move on forward. I just don't really know what to say about this race, and it's kind of a scary thing to think about. I mean, usually with some races, they they can feel, feel some emotion, like the Indianapolis road course race. That race ended bad. There's no other way to it. And that brought up a lot of emotion, stirred up a lot of a, a lot of controversy. Same with the um, Circuit of the America race. But at least you got some kind of mixed emotion. This race, I don't even know what to think except disappointment. And that's honestly the worst outcome you can get out of fans. So I'm not sure what packages they are running at Texas Motor Speedway and Kansas Speedway. I do believe I can find out about that here somewhere. But let's hope it's not like Las Vegas because, good God, can you imagine back-to-back races in the round of eight being as less entertaining than the race that happened at Las Vegas? I mean, thank God we got Talladega and the Charlotte Roval to make up for this round of 12. But here in the round of eight, they only got Martinsville. We could potentially have two really bad races here, and hopefully that does not happen here. But overall, there's not really much else to say. Biggest takeaway is the 550 horse package sucks. I'm going to be finally one of those guys to step in and say, this package sucks 
ass. And I hope that they change it here and hopefully make a difference with the next-gen car so we don't see another race like this. Because I literally started watching a rerun of American Dad at one point while I had the race on my phone. And I usually never do that, but for this race I did, and that's not good. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have the same emotions as me. I saw it on Twitter, so we just got to move past this one, and let's just hope that Talladega is a really fun race. But let's look at the playoffs right now as they stand. Denny Hamlin locks himself in into the round of eight. Then we have Kyle Larson, the number five, sitting ahead by 57 points. Kyle Busch, the number 18, sits 35 points above the cut line, followed by Martin Trex Jr. at 31 points above. Ryan Blaney, the number 12, sits at fifth with 24 points above. Chase Elliott, the number nine, sits 22. Joey Logano, the number 22, sits six points above the cut line. Then we got Brad Keselowski in the number two machine only four points above the cut line. Drivers who sit behind the cut line is the number 24 of William Byron who's four points behind. Kevin Harvick who sits back seven points. Alex Bowen sitting back 13 points and then Christopher Bell with such a rough finish he finishes 25 points behind in this race. So that's what the points look like here to battle it off into the round of eight. Who's going to be able to make it in? Well, we'll find out as now we have one of the most unpredictable races of the season. We're going to be going to Talladega next week where we won't have to worry about loose wheels and strung out racing. And that will conclude the final segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I, I know there in the last segment I was really negative as far as the cup race goes, but it stunk. I don't know what other way to say it, but ho like I said, I really hope that the next races here to the rest of the season do not put on snooze fests similar to Richmond and Vegas. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at TylerV33. You can also look me up at the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast or Vanilla Wafers. I pop up either way. Also, to make sure to check out our website at NASCARFieldFiller.com where we post our fantasy picks as well as the most recent results going on in the NASCAR racing world. We will cover our fantasy picks here this Friday. This one's going to be an interesting one because Talladega... It's, it's so unpredictable, and we might have more drivers who are outside of the playoffs than in the playoffs here in our fantasy rosters. Not guaranteeing it, but I'm going to have to look back at some history and see if we want a lot of playoff drivers or if we want some non-playoff drivers in our fantasy roster. So make sure to tune in on that on Friday. And above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.